It's Friday, January the 29th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Robin Hood rides again, and Germany says no jabs yet for elderly. First, the world in brief. Robinhood, a trading platform for retail investors, said it would allow users to resume buying shares of GameStop, a video games retailer, less than a day after it restricted the trade, claiming its credit was exhausted. GameStop's share price was sent soaring by an influx of investors from Reddit, a social media site, who wanted to clobber hedge funds that were shorting the shares. When Robinhood hit the brakes, the price dropped by more than 60%. It bounced right back upon Robinhood's reversal. American Airlines became the angry investor's next focus. The carrier's share price increased by almost a third yesterday, despite record quarterly losses. An independent commission in Germany recommended that the Oxford-AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine not be given to people aged over 65. The panel, which advises the government, said there were insufficient data about the vaccine's efficacy in that age group. AstraZeneca disputes the recommendation. The row is likely to complicate the European Union's vaccine rollout, which is already behind schedule. Novavax, an American vaccine maker, released phase 3 trial data for its coronavirus jab. Trials in Britain found it to be 89% effective, including against the more contagious strain discovered there. Results from South Africa, where a different mutation rages, showed 60% efficacy. Britain could approve the vaccine this spring. It has bought 60 million doses to be manufactured in Stockton-on-Tees. America's President Joe Biden signed several executive orders relating to healthcare. He reopened the Affordable Cares Act federal insurance marketplace, on which 46 states rely, for three months to give those who need coverage in the pandemic an extended opportunity to buy health plans. China warned Taiwan that independence means war. The statement comes after Taiwan reported an increase in Chinese military activity near its territory, including fighter jets and bombers entering the Taiwan Strait. The reports prompted concern in Washington. China claims Taiwan, a self-governing democracy, as part of its territory. America's economy grew by 1% quarter-on-quarter in the last three months of 2020, a sharp slowdown from the 7.5% jump in the third quarter, when lockdown easing boosted activity. GDP shrank by 3.5% over the year, the Department of Commerce estimated. Last week, 847,000 workers filed new unemployment claims, 67,000 fewer than the week before, but still far more than before the pandemic. And General Motors said it would phase out the production of internal combustion vehicles by 2035. The American car maker sees an all-electric future for itself, with plans to introduce 30 new electric vehicles by 2025. It says it will make its whole production line carbon neutral within the following decade. And now here's today's agenda. Cash isn't king. Thailand's subsidy scheme. Registration for a subsidy scheme covering 31 million Thais, nearly half the population, opens today. The economy, one of the most open in Asia, has been battered by the pandemic. Under the Rao Chana We Win scheme, eligible nationals who earn less than 300,000 baht, $10,000, mostly informal workers, will be wired two monthly instalments of 3,500 baht into their mobile e-wallets. Recipients must spend the money on transport and essential goods by May 31st. The subsidy will provide some relief, but it will not curb the country's unemployment and household debt crisis. Thai households are among Asia's most indebted. Thailand has handled the pandemic well, reporting just 16,000 infections and 76 COVID-related deaths. Most domestic lockdown restrictions have been lifted. But what the country really needs is to be able to reopen its borders fully, 
the economy is heavily reliant on tourism and trade. That may not happen until 2022. A plucky island. Taiwan's growth. For the first time in three decades, Taiwan's economy probably grew faster than China's in 2020, according to data due to be published today. The outperformance will be slim. The forecast is 2.6% for Taiwan versus 2.3% for its giant neighbour. But it will highlight its government's masterful handling of COVID-19. Well before others sounded the alarm, it started screening visitors from Wuhan at the end of 2019. Thanks to fine-grained contact tracing, life has carried on more or less as usual. That has allowed manufacturers to run at full throttle to meet global demand for their high-tech products, notably semiconductors. Taiwan has also benefited from Sino-American tensions, with many Taiwanese firms bringing some of their China operations back home. It still faces big challenges, from an aging population to the risk of Chinese aggression. But it has gained greater confidence in its abilities over the course of the pandemic. Trading Places the London Stock Exchange buys Refinitiv. London has a new financial conglomerate. The London Stock Exchange Group today buys Refinitiv, a financial data provider primarily from a group of private equity firms. The purchase was costly, long and complex. First announced in August 2019, the deal carried a $27 billion price tag. Then the LSE had to buy Borsa Italiana, an Italian group which controls the country's only exchange to quell European regulators' fears over the market power the combined entity would exert in the continent's bond market. Still, the Refinitiv deal will create Europe's biggest financial data juggernaut, linking the LSE's bourse, on which over £3 trillion worth $4 trillion of shares are listed, and Refinitiv's data terminals, which rank second in the market behind Bloomberg's. The tie-up is part of the stock exchange's strategy to diversify towards data services, which are more stable and have higher margins than the LSE's core business. About time. AstraZeneca's vaccine approval in Europe. Today, the European Medicines Agency, the European Union's drug regulator, meets to decide whether to approve AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use. The bloc has been widely criticised for the sluggish start of its vaccination drive. So far, it has administered two doses per 100 people, compared with nearly 11 in Britain and seven in America. Yet European countries face another hurdle. Both AstraZeneca and Pfizer, another vaccine maker, have reported production problems. The EU has already ordered 300 million AstraZeneca jabs, 100 million of which were promised by March. But it seems that less than half of these will be delivered on time. European leaders are running out of patience. Some are threatening legal action against the vaccine makers. Others are demanding power to block exports of doses produced in EU facilities to non-EU countries. The EU aims to vaccinate at least 70% of its adults by this summer. The target seems increasingly difficult to meet. Even more limited. Abortion in Poland. Women across Poland are protesting this week against restrictions on access to abortion. On Wednesday, the government put into effect a court ruling from October, which deemed abortion in cases of severe fetal defects, which account for 98% of terminations in Poland, unconstitutional. The country already had some of the tightest abortion laws in Europe, and doctors often refused to perform legal abortions on religious grounds. Politicians from the ruling Law and Justice Party have long been calling for tighter rules on abortion, backed by the Catholic Church. 
Now, terminations will only be allowed if the mother's life is in danger or in cases of rape or incest. The ruling in October sparked some of the largest protests in Poland since 1989, which forced the government to delay its implementation. More protests are planned for the coming days, but the decision is now official. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Anton Chekhov, who was born on this day in 1860. Any idiot can face a crisis. It's the day-to-day living that wears you out. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.